Financial support for the products of the Ride On Network comes from Bo's Restaurant, located at 2304 Thomas Drive in beautiful Panama City Beach, Florida. Bo's is open Monday to Friday from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and offers some of the best food in the Florida panhandle. Different daily specials every day of the week with fresh sides, which creates a unique experience every time you return to Bo's. For takeout orders, catering, or any other questions, contact them today at 850-775-1828. Also, from our friends at KL Skaggs Heating and Air, LLC. Summer is here, and as we know, these Florida summers are brutal. If you have any HVAC needs, HVAC is the actual word for that, repairs or questions, you should contact the company that is locally owned, locally operated, and offers above and beyond service day or night. And that company is KL Skaggs Heating and Air. Call them at 850-238-5414. We are back with a brand new episode of Right on Squared Circle. I am your host, Danny G, and I am solo today. Uh, Scott is Scott's feeling a little bit under the weather after taking his second dose of the uh, COVID vaccine. Uh, so, Scott, we wish you a very, very speedy recovery. Look forward to having you back on next week. I think he's lying. I think he's feeling sick because of how awesome the opening match of last night's show was, and he just doesn't want to come on air and admit it. So we're going to jump right into it. Um, This wasn't the show that I expected. Definitely not the show of the millennium. And I had to educate a few people on a, what are, what a millennium is. And it's very sad that I had to do that because that's something we're taught at, like, I think like what age six or seven, I digress from my point and I will, and we'll, we'll go back to that actually. In a little bit. Uh, So last night was the AEW Grand Slam special part one. Part two is coming on this Friday on Rampage, but they're calling it Rampage Grand Slam, I believe it's called. Um, Last night, the first match was as advertised. Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, Kenny Omega, the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. 30-minute time limit. They went all 30 minutes, and when I tell you this was the – it was billed as a dream match, and it did live up to those expectations personally to me. I loved every second of it. They were countering. They were kicking out of each other's specials. There was constant action, great wrestling. There was no outside interference until the very end after the bell had rung, which is what I love, and they built it as a – not build it. They had it as a no contest, which means the storyline is getting built to where this is going to probably culminate – at full gear in November. My my one critique, or actually no, one of my many critiques is this match is not a leadoff match. Far from it. Not a leadoff match at all. This is a main event match, especially if we're billing it as a dream match. Dream matches are they're 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 main events. They're not they're not to start off the show. And here's the reason why. First off, that match set the bar way too high in a good way but if i'm the next match which i believe on the, the next match in the card was mjf versus brian pillman jr you you can't you you can't bounce off that that that's not fair to them because the bar's already sky high no one on that card was matching that unless you somehow resurrected hulk hogan from the 80s and andre the giant there was no way no way 
you were going to match that and reach that bar. So if I had to critique it, uh, FTR and Sting versus Dar- Sting and Darby Allen, excuse me, that should have been the leadoff match because that match was very good. Didn't set the bar too high, but it definitely set the expectations for the rest of the card to either meet or exceed that bar, which would have been perfectly fine because FTR made Sting look like he was back, you know, Wolfpack Sting in, in WCW. They made him look like he was a prime. And, you know, Darby was kind of an afterthought, which I thought was kind of kind of messed up because, you know, Darby's being billed as a superstar or superstar in the making. He's a fan favorite. Every time, you know, you get that little, you know, the crowd goes nuts. Um, Speaking of the crowd going nuts, uh, I will give credit where credit's due. The atmosphere was freaking electric. The minute the bell rang for Daniel, for uh, I keep calling him Daniel Bryan because this has been, you know, it's it's in my head for the last like decade plus. He's Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson. It, the minute the minute the bell rung for that match, they didn't do anything. They stared at each other and they were getting a standing ovation. And you can tell that Daniel, uh, Bryan Danielson broke a little character, broke some kayfabe. He was smiling because you know this is what he came here for. He came to AEW for a new challenge. You know, new opponents, similar to why CM Punk, you know, came to AEW because, you know, with the recent interview CM Punk just did, he said that he had the opportunity to go back to WWE, but he knows what he was walking into if he re-signed with WWE. So that's why he ended up signing with AEW because of all this new talent, new people you want to work with. And a lot of these older guys want to work with the younger guys, you know, boost them up, you know, push them a little bit, similar to what Y2J has been doing with MJF. So, once again, I'd give that Brian, uh, that Brian Danielson match in Kenny Omega five stars across the board. It's definitely going to culminate with the AEW World Heavyweight Championship match at full gear, which personally, early prediction, I have Brian Danielson winning that match. I think they're going to put the title on him, um, give Kenny Omega that break that I think he's been long deserved because he, he has some nagging injuries. Definitely got to, you know, get him back to 100% because, you know, as, you know, the guys have said in the past, he is the workhorse of the show. And, you know, he will be dearly missed once he has to go on his rest. Uh, next match in the card, MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr. Um, once again, this I could have done without this match, honestly. It was just more of like a personal battle for Brian Pillman Jr. I knew the outcome already. MJF was going to squash him, end them really quick, made him tap out to the salt of the earth. Um, that match wasn't really anything to write home about. This next match, Malachi Black versus the returning Cody Rhodes. If you guys remember a few weeks ago, Malachi Black absolutely embarrassed uh, Cody Rhodes, quote-unquote, made him contemplate retirement. But let's be honest, I think Cody just wanted to be home with his his new daughter. Perfectly fine. And then you have Malachi Black, who was just running roughshod through the entire Nightmare Factory. And it, it built up this storyline to where last week, Malachi Black, you know, I forget who was, I forget who the lady was. Um, I forget who the lady was that was, she works with Cody Rhodes and Malachi Black was about to confront her. And you see Cody Rhodes running down the ramp. We got a returning Cody Rhodes. This match was pretty good. Um, it could have gone either way. I was hoping for this one, the one finish, which we all did end up getting where Malachi Black uh, beats Cody Rhodes and the push from Malachi Black continues. Um, 
I get it. Cody's the executive vice president of this company. He's the one that kind of started the whole thing and with Tony Khan's funding. And I'm happy that Cody doesn't have it in his head where he has to always win. In the beginning, I felt like it was like that. And now it's starting. Now it, it clicked in his head. Like, I don't always have to win. I can push the other talent that I have. And Malachi Black is that talented. We saw it in, you know, at NXT. Um, they didn't really push him too well on the main roster. So, you know, I'm happy he's finally getting that push that he has long, long deserved. This next match was the tag team match that I brought up earlier. This match is the leadoff match for the show. This match should have, like I said, it's the beginning type of match where FTR is a premier tag team. They're personally one of my favorite tag teams around the whole world. I've loved them since, um, you know, I loved them since they were the revival at NXT. Their matches with DIY were some of my favorite matches ever for that, you know, for that brand. And them coming over to AEW, I thought was a perfect fit where they can get creative control. They can do whatever they want. They pair them up with uh, Mr. Blanchard. And I think that, once again, that's a tremendous fit. They really made Sting look like he was back in his prime, which is awesome for me. Nostalgia really kicked in. Um, But the nostalgia clouded over Darby Allen, which is where I strongly disagree. And I think me, Kyle, and Scott have all talked about this in the past, where some of these elder guys are coming back and they're taking the spotlight away from the younger guys. And I get the whole Sting being Darby's manager. I like it because Sting doesn't really get involved in Darby's matches. But when he gets involved in these tag team matches, you notice obviously creative or writes the scripts in the back. They give Sting a lot of like leeway. And mind you, this is an old man. Every time he takes a bump, I freak out because I, I get flashbacks to when he fought Seth Rollins at Night of Champions and he, the man almost broke his neck. So anytime like someone like him or like Edge take like these strong bumps, I, I get nervous. I get very, very nervous. But once again, I think I think he's wearing like some padding underneath, to be honest with you guys, because there's no way that that guy's taking these bumps, um, getting pushed down on his chest super hard. I don't no, nothing against it, but you know, once again, you know, Sting is Sting is Sting. He's a legend. We all love him, but I think, you know, now it's time for Darby to um, separate himself and maybe they made Sting look this way so maybe FTR can get inside Darby's head saying hey look Sting stole the show Sting did this Sting you know basically won you the match and you know as Scott had predicted in a previous episode maybe maybe this is where we get Darby turning on Sting and Darby gets like a little maybe a tiny heel run you know, I don't. I'm not sure if they'll let Darby cough and drop Sting because I don't. I don't want that man's chest to like collapse or cave in or anything. That would be obviously <laughs> very catastrophic. Not laughing at the possibility of it, but like, you know, when you when you have, when you when you put when you put Sting in the ring with someone that goes for any like older superstar. If you put him in the ring with someone that's just like high flying and they their move requires them to jump on top of you, there's gonna be a problem. And the final match of the night, um, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, against the against Ruby Soho, who earned her title match by winning the Casino Royale, uh, Battle Royale. I still think it should have gone to Thunder Rosa. 
yes, I'm still bitter about it. Yes, you can complain about it. No, I do not care about your responses. Ruby Soho won a, like I said, did not deserve that title match, but on the Thunder Rosa. I think Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker once, you know, they had put on a show before where they both beat the living hell out of each other. I think it was an unsanctioned match. And it's like that, it was that viral face of, you know, Britt Baker just covered in blood. And it was, that was like one of my favorite, um, that was one of my favorite women's matches in that company so far. Um, but I digress from my point. This match was good storytelling leading up into this match. The storytelling was great. Burt Baker got personal, bringing up Ruby Soho's past as, you know, Ruby Soho calls herself the runaway. And then Burt Baker said, you're not a runaway. You got fired from your last company, a.k.a. WWE. So the storytelling was there, billing this match. Um, once again, the person who I had to correct on calling this the biggest non-WWE show of this millennium once again was wrong when he said that this show was the this was the perfect ending. You ended on a world title match. No, you do not. Because this match was not an ending match. This is not the match where I'm leaving the stadium like, wow, like that. That was the way to end it. No, 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 no. It doesn't work like that. Just because of the title match does not mean it deserves to be at the end. Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson, I'm going to see, I'm going to keep saying Daniel Bryan. Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega is the main event. They stole the show at eight o'clock till 830. They stole the show. Just because it, was a, it wasn't, a, it was a non-title match doesn't mean it didn't deserve to be in the, in the main event. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say, it, you know, I'm I'm so happy that you know this person's not a part of AEW's creative, because that some of these matches would have this match card would have been everywhere, which it kind of was. But you know, I digress from that point as well. This match was maybe a two and a half star, three star match, where you know Ruby Soho's characters changed. But her wrestling ability is still average at best. While Britt Baker is still separating herself, in my opinion, from the rest of that women's division. I don't, I'm not a fan of the AW women's division. I think there's still a lot of tweaking to do. There's a lot of promising prospects. But Britt Baker and um, Hikaru Shida are like neck and neck here. Maybe I'll throw Thunder Rose in that mix as well. But then there's a, there's a significant gap between those three. You know, Ty, you know, Ty Conti is another one. She's a big, um, <laughs> excuse me. She's a big up and comer. I like her ceiling. I think she has the, very, I think she has the chance to be a big time superstar. But, you know, like, you know, we, we talked about it this morning, me and Kyle, you just don't, you don't end them. You don't end a great show like that. I told him like, that's not the show. That's not the right match to end the show where you leave and say, wow, like that was it. That was it. Now we have to wait till Friday. Friday's match card, once again, looks pretty good, but it's probably going to be dubbed as the second best non-WW show of the millennium because I'll be honest with you, the this, this past Wednesday was a very, I don't want to say overrated, but it definitely did not live up to the billing and the expectations that I was looking forward to on paper. The match card was phenomenal is pay-per-view worthy. Both of them to the Wednesday and uh, 
and tonight's Rampage, they're awesome. These 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 match cards are they're well put together, and they're meant to be on pay per view. I would have I would have personally taken out full gear and made this a four a four hour pay per view event and let them go at it. You know, Friday's match card we're looking forward to. You got Jericho and the Inner Circle against all these MMA freaks. Um, you have CM Punk his first television wrestling match in seven years against powerhouse Hobbs. You got the young bucks and Adam Cole taking on Christian cage, jungle boy and Luchasaurus. So, you know, we got, we got some good matches. I know I'm missing a few, but I'm naming the ones that I'm personally tuning in for, and I'm going to be really keeping a close eye on, but far from far, far, far from non the best non WWE show, the millennium. It is ridiculous that was even said. And I'm still baffled by it. And like I said, I had to really quiz, not really quiz people, you know, we had to educate people on what a millennium is. There's some people that said, yeah, that's because it starts with a one and a two. Technically, yeah, you're right, because once every thousand years, but then you're listing out X certain years within the millennium. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I understand. Numbers that start with a one was like that previous millennium. This one is this current millennium. Starts with a two. I get it. And then some someone had to comment as well. Um, uh, that's that we're some guy who's questioning someone who's well respected in the business on what what a big show is. Listen, no disrespect at all, but. That man does not know what a big show and big WWE show is if it bit him in the ass. There's way bigger shows than non-WWE. We got Wrestle Kingdom. Boom. There's my plug for New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're going to cover that in January. So shout out to uh, people who don't think we uh, cover New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, at TNA Impact has had some tremendous shows in the early 2000s. Um, we in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Ring of Honor has put on some really good shows. There have been some, there have been shows that I've rated better non WWE wise than last night's show. There's been a quite a few slam reverse through some TNA that I would put way past this one. This match card, good on paper, very overrated. Well, no, I lied, not very overrated, but it did not live to my expectations. And I hope that tonight's show kind of erases that you know they, these guys put on a great show and as much as you guys know that i much i love AEW. yeah i i like AEW a lot but i'm also a very impartial analysis and i'm going to critique every single thing they do the same way i critique everything wwe does and i will continue it for every single wrestling promotion that i watch i'm going to critique it i'm going to give it my my fair and honest opinion and you can say what you want to say you can you can Say that this podcast is terrible. Um, you can say that we don't know what a millennium is. We're the we're the best show this millennium, maybe. All right, this show started this millennium. We're a few months in, and yeah, people are tweeting at us, and I love it. Continue doing it. I love it. I love the fan interaction, and some of these some of these trolls don't get it that when you're that when you're going at a page you're giving them content you're giving them what they want i want the engagement i want this content because look what i'm doing now i'm talking about it you're not beating me you're you're living in your mother's basement thinking that you defeated me you did not defeat me i'm still talking and i still have my platform 
And I'm talking about what you said. So I thank you. And I want to constantly thank you for saying whatever you want to say with this podcast. The last few days, it was like, oh, you're a terrible podcast, this and that. I'm like, dude, stop writing. Stop. Stop writing this guy's high horse because he's a verified account. And he's maybe at best a top 200 wrestler. And I'll maybe rank him in like that 190 to 200 range at best. Mid-card wrestler at best. I want to get tweeted at by a heavyweight champion. Then I know, yeah, okay, there, there's credibility right there. Um, jumping on to WWE now, we're going we're gonna to wrap the show up very soon. I'm going to get some WWE talk in. Um, I just want to say one thing. Roman Reigns is on the most impressive streak I personally have ever seen. One of, let me let me preface, one of. This man went on to Monday Night Raw and just took out everybody. Took out their top talent. Put him, they put him in the ring with all the top talent. I think it was Bobby Lashley. I forget who else was a triple threat match. I'm sorry because I, I don't really watch Raw because I think Raw is horrendous. I get like small little updates here and there. But when I saw that he won that match, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, this is it. I'm like, not that I needed any more, you know, any more clarification on what what a crazy run Roman Reigns is on. But I'm like, this is it. He's feuding with like five different people. He's beating all these five people. He's got a match with Brock Lesnar coming up at Crown Jewel, which is another waste of WWE's time. And it, he's, I don't know. I, I don't know who, who's going to beat him. Because I thought it was me, Brock. Now I'm thinking they're going to keep pushing Reigns. They're going to keep pushing Reigns until he can. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know who's going to beat him. I really don't. I can't tell you who's going to beat him. I don't think Brock's going to win a crown jewel. And, you know, once Brock loses, I'm not sure if he's going to keep coming back for more. If they're going to put him, they're going to put Roman Reigns to somebody else. I know Survivor Series is coming up, and I think they're going to build it as Roman Reigns versus, um, you know, Biggie Langston, who gave such an incredible speech. And, you know, as a, as a wrestling fan, and, you know, when you turn it to real life, and he gave his shout-out to Brody Lee, also known as Luke Harper, you know, pointing up to the sky, thanking, you know, for the guidance and everything that when you, when you put, when you bring wrestling into real life, that really, you know, it touches, you know, everyone's heart. And I, I think Big E is in for a really fun title run. I think he's going to have some incredible matches. They put the title on the right guy to two right guys. I think right now they have the two right guys like they had previously. I thought Bobby Lashley was the right guy at the time. Roman Reigns is still the guy right now. And heading into Survivor Series, we're in for a fun one at the Survivor Series. It's looking like a Bloodline versus the New Day, which I'm very excited about. That match has that match has five star billing written, written right across it. Uh, I think Roman Reigns and Big E also. Well, Big E, I think that has like a four star rating going into it, like a pre pre four star rating, four and a half. I think those two guys are going to put on an incredible show, but. That will be for our Survivor Series preview show. And I know Extreme Rules is coming up very soon. I'm not sure if they even added an Extreme Rules match yet. I think they should just change the pay-per-view for Here You Go, Enjoy. Because it's, I believe, yeah, Extreme Rules is this weekend. And they're still, I don't know why you named Extreme Rules. Hopefully Friday on SmackDown, they get a match or two in there saying, hey, no holds barred, you know, maybe some steel cage. 
maybe a I don't know, chair match, TLC, something. They need to do something because if it's if you're gonna name this pay-per-view extreme rules and there's not an extreme rules match, then why the hell are you name it an extreme rules? I'm not gonna watch it. I'm not gonna watch that. Extreme rules with no extreme rule matches. Makes no sense to me. It's like watching NFL, but hey, we forgot the football, so we're just gonna have you guys run around in a circle where we can tackle you, can tackle you. We'll just pretend you have the ball. So hopefully WWE Creative does something with that. Um, I would hate for the I would hate for you know this pay-per-view to be very subpar leading into Survivor Series. You need to have an A plus show. Not, not, not I lied. Not an A plus show. I'll give it a B. If you give if you give me a B leading into Extreme Rules, or leading into Survivor Series, excuse me, 100%, I'll, I'll be ready for it. I want I want the storylines being built into the Survivor Series. Have some of these, you know, have some of the uh, rival champions from the other shows interfering in some of these matches, you know, or maybe showing up on SmackDown or something. Like, do something, because Survivor Series is part of the big four. You have to build it properly. You have to build it up properly. I'm crossing my fingers that they do it right. And speaking of billing properly, I like the news that I'm hearing about NXT 2.0. NXT 2.0, Vince McMahon said it's going to be a little bit of an edgier product. The language is going to be a little different. And the women of the company are not going to have such a strict dress code. So looking like he's trying to really compete with, you know, with what, you know, obviously AEW, you're allowed to say shit a million times per show and it's edgy content, which I love. I have, you know, I love when, you know, when you get, when you get some coarse language going on in there, make it a little bit, poor, make it a little bit personal. And like I said, he, and if, if you can do it right with NXT, you have Champa as a champion, which I'm, I'm a fan of Champa, but obviously he's not the same guy since his next surgery. I, I still think the title should have been put on Pete Dunn. But like I said, if you can build it properly, and Vince McMahon is a wrestling genius, man. There's no, there's no denying that. I mean, he's been striking out quite a few, a little bit. But if, if he wants to make this an edgy product, and he's watching AEW and he's watching old, old tapes of Attitude Era wrestling, who knows? NXT 2.0 could really be the better version of this previous NXT, which is like the bar once again is sky high. It is way too high. But if you can do it right. I will be tuning into NXT once again. And, you know, hopefully one day you change those colors. The arena setup is cool. The colors gotta go. It should just it should just stayed as the the black and gold brand. Just keep it at that. But guys, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. Um, if you want to follow us on social media. Our Twitter is at right on SQC. That is W R I G H T capital S lowercase Q capital C. We are very active on Twitter. Uh, one of us will be live tweeting the extreme rules pay-per-view. So you can interact with us there. You can follow us on Instagram at right on squared circle. And please, you know, follow us on Facebook. Once again, right on squared circle. You can also follow the right on network or you know, our fearless leader, Kyle Wright. We are building a empire here, guys. Acknowledge <laughs> the future empire. That is all for today, guys. I appreciate every single one of you guys who listens week in and week out. I will see y'all next week.